0: Welcome to Results May Vary, a podcast to help you design your life. Chris and I have worked in the field of design and innovation for over 17 years between us. We've helped sustain a food revolution for Jamie Oliver and redesigned the way L.A. County votes. We've even engaged the world's most creative minds in science by turning their genes into music at TED. Throughout our careers, we always wondered... What if we took the same creative problem-solving process we used to help well-known organizations solve their toughest challenges and applied it to people's lives? Would it work? Would anyone listen to us? And maybe even scarier, what would happen if they did? Results May Vary is a thoughtful experiment to see just what happens when you set out to intentionally design your life. Results may vary.
1: Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in to our first episode of Results May Vary. In this first episode, Trace and I are going to talk about what design means to us and how we've applied it to our own lives, and ultimately what it can mean for you. In future episodes, we're going to talk to people who are already using design in their lives in some interesting way, as well as those who are curious to get started. Our dream is to build a community of people that can create and take advantage of any opportunity that interests them. To do this really well, your participation is key. If you want to try out, share back your own life design experiments, or if you've already got a great story about how you've designed some aspect of your life, we'd love to hear from you at resultsmayvarypodcast.com. That's resultsmayvarypodcast.com or on our Facebook page. We're experimenting in our own lives here and there. We've seen this process work in so many applications, and we believe it's a really potent tool for people. Uh, But the whole thing is an experiment. We're going to give this a go with you. Our audience, and we can't wait to roll up our sleeves together. Okay, let's begin. To start off, Tracy and I sat down and discussed a few questions we've been asking ourselves. Like, how will we apply the design thinking process to lives?
0: Your life is designed by default by the choices you make and sort of the things you decide to Mm -hmm. do and your values and your belief and what you don't really think about is the fact that you are orchestrating that design whether you do it intentionally or whether you do it mindlessly right i think what's important is that people get a sense of the everyday opportunities to design and so it's more just shifting people from thinking about it mindlessly and realizing that they have the ability to do it themselves.
1: I always think those studies are really cool. Those ones where they go interview really old people that are about to die and ask them like, what, what are you, what are your regrets or whatnot? Yeah. And they always say really similar thing, which is I wish, just, I wish I would have pursued the things that I really wanted to. What's something you really wish you could be doing right now but aren't for some reason? The design process helps you creatively and effectively carve that stuff in. And I think the show is as much about making opportunities or whether it's seizing the day or closing the gap or pursuing the thing you always thought you would.
0: It's about the possibility. Like, what's possible for
1: you? And I don't want the show to be this big political thing about consumerism, but it always felt like we talked about this is it always felt funny and forced that you got to get into people's lives and then force them to buy a product that they probably didn't need. The idea of actually stopping at the part where it's cool and helping people with the things that they need help with rather than forcing something onto it that doesn't need to be there, is was really interesting.
0: You're right, it is sort of a natural that the product or service or business has to live in between you and what you want. Yeah. And certainly there can be opportunity for a product or a business to be in the middle. Like if it helps you, you know, like a Fitbit or something like that, if it helps you get on track, that's cool. But it shouldn't always presuppose that that needs to be
1: there. The product organizations are so amazing because they have great designers and marketers and insight people that know how to stir that up and then throw a product against it. That's great. That's a great insight. Cool. Now how do we use that to sell more Fritos? So what if we could stir that up, but we don't have a, our intent is clean. One of my, one of my kind of life goals that never had a rational business model behind it was to create a place where you would go to, to basically drop your home narrative go to this new place and learn all this cool new stuff yeah. and then bring it back but the war that falls is that people do great on vacation and yeah. whatnot and then they come back so it'd have to have some thread what i thought was it'd be cool if we did those workshops that you always bring somebody with you and you're going to kind of co-create and mm-hmm. so that works two ways that's your accountability buddy when yes. you go back and it breaks the stigma around showing up alone to a uh, fix-your-things-work your yeah. session.
0: That reminds me of the campgrounded experience that I had. I was, well,
1: yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but you did not like it, did you? Didn't you tell me it was not very good?
0: Well, I I liked it probably for reasons that were different than what the organizers intended. <laughs> 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 they really wanted it to have this playful. You know, retro camp feel and yeah. their color war games and you know, camp songs and all this stuff <laughs> and that was great but I signed up thinking I might be into that but then I wasn't really into it. What I was into was connecting with people on a personal level you know you didn't have any of your technology you weren't allowed to have an iPhone or even a camera unless it was like an old school film camera yeah um, you weren't allowed to use your real name. You weren't allowed to talk about work. Interesting. They did have some like designed activities that sort of forced intimacy. And I'm okay with that, Yeah. but they were so fast. And then you would go from like all sitting around the campfire talking about something meaningful and people are crying mm. to like going out and doing a three legged sack race or whatever. <laughs> and so I wanted to hear the stories that people told about themselves when and they weren't allowed to talk about work, then who else are you? Like, how do you... describe yourself. And so what I got out of it was solitude and time to really reflect on important milestones that were coming up in my life. turning 40, maybe leaving my job. What was my fear that was behind that? My fear was it's really like an abandonment in the future when I'm old and infirm who's going to take care of me? And then it took me down this path where I started to think well have I ever been abandoned and not taken care of in my past? Mm -hmm. But the reality was even though I yeah maybe abandoned by one person here or there. There's always like <laughs> a constant thread of support. Sometimes from you know like your parents, but yeah. sometimes just from strangers or like someone at the grocery store who is next to you when mm-hmm. you really need it. And because I'm adopted, I think oh I always have that narrative that I'm afraid of you know fear of abandonment. But when I thought about that, I was like. It's actually pretty amazing. I came into the world and nobody was like nobody was waiting for me on the other side expectantly. Yeah. Nobody was excited that I was coming. And for 2 months I was in a foster care
1: okay. situation.
0: So I had people taking care of me who had no skin in the game. I wasn't going to stay with them. They weren't going to adopt me. Mm-hmm. They were just kind of taking care of me until my parents came on the scene. And that was I actually found that incredibly joyful to think that there were doctors and nurses and caseworkers and, and a birth mom. and That cared you know, enough. Yeah, when I was at my complete most vulnerable.
1: Right. You have nothing. Um, yeah, that's pretty amazing. Yeah. So, well, I'm curious. And so, where did that, where do you think it came from? Because that seems everything you're saying sounds like that isn't a threat at all.
0: Well, I think the end times is about <laughs> okay. being not adorable and tiny, not with a future and possibilities ahead of you. The way that I'm trying to design my life is by having enough money to pay
1: somebody well to wipe my ass. So how about things like having enough money for retirement? This distant future thought, we've probably all struggled with that. But when you think about it, it's really intangible to think that far in the future. What do we need to do today, tomorrow, five years from now to get there? One great design trick is to break down these large fuzzy goals into smaller, more incremental experiments. This experimenting puts a low risk way and some parameters around things you can learn and tweak to make better. Deconstructing something potentially overwhelming also helps you disconnect from limiting thoughts or emotions around the outcome. It's just an experiment, no need to be perfect, no need to be right. Learning what doesn't work is just as important as learning what does. A few years ago, Tracy tried this approach with her running.
0: I used to hate running. Like, it made me sick to my stomach. And I was bad at it. I was slow. I was, I was doing boxing boot camp, mm-hmm. and we would have to run sometimes. And I would get sick the night before, thinking about maybe we we're going to have to run the next day. And it was impeding my enjoyment. I realized that I could maybe design a way to make running At least, like, I'm not going to like it, I'm not going to love it, but at least make it so I'm not afraid of it. Mm -hmm. And so I started thinking about, well, what are the factors that I really don't like? One was running with other people. I'm always feeling bad that I'm holding someone back or I'm competing in my head. So I'm like, okay, I'm only going to run by myself and then the running on a treadmill seems so sad so i thought okay well i'm only going to run outside and in nature and in pretty places and then i thought well you can't just start running sometimes i feel compelled to run but i'll hold myself back when i'm walking and be like oh it would just be so freeing to run and that feeling of feeling free was really enticing so I thought, well, I'll just walk until my body says, hey, it'd be fun to run, Mm -hmm. and then I'll start running. And then when my body's like, holy crap, I'm gonna pass out now, Mm -hmm. I'll just go back to walking. I did that, and I was able to, in short time, like, get around this, like, it, it was, you know, it was like walking, 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 run. A little bit, walk, 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 walk. Mm -hmm. And then eventually it was like, oh my God, I went through a whole song and I didn't stop running. And then I'm like halfway around the lake and I didn't stop running. And then I finally made it all the way around. And then the little cherry on top was the music choice, Mm -hmm. which was (laughs) Eminem. So it
1: had
0: to be something like (laughs) kick-ass and like kind of...
1: (laughs) Yeah. Badass. You only give one shot. Yeah.
0: Exactly. And I'm like, this is my shot, make yeah. it by the lake. And it totally worked. And then I was running and I was going out and doing it myself and yeah. when I didn't even need to. Yeah. And and then I stopped for a while and then I didn't have the capacity to run as far and then I got really disenfranchised.
1: <laughs> so then what happened?
0: <laughs> that I just stopped
1: right. <laughs> <laughs> and now you're back to hating it again? No,
0: but now I know I can do it, so I'm okay. not afraid of it anymore.
1: Okay. I think you just hit on a big one. One of the biggest curses for people is a time when you actually were okay at the thing that you're trying to do again. You can remember a time of what it was like to be good at it. How do you do this second beginner third beginner 10th beginner 12th beginner thing and get back out there again it's really discouraging
0: it is you're so right
1: the new things come with this the feelings of being feeling dumb and inadequate and you notice that as people age up, they just don't want to do that stuff. And you can't blame them because you tend to want to do more of the things that you're good at. I think this process will be fun to sort of nudge ourselves and people we know to do the dumb and inadequate things.
0: Yeah, because what's the motivator when, especially if you know you're never going to be as good as you were before, so what is the thing that you enjoyed about it?
1: And how do you recontextualize it? I'm in one of those crises right now. For this, the cycling stuff, it's like you when you did it when you were 25 mm-hmm. and you were living a college college life and you didn't have all these responsibilities you could really throw yourself at it and you're not going to be any faster than you were then you're just not so then the tendency and you see this with a lot of the guys and gals is they just start to go longer so i've kind of checked that box and it's really long ones it was the longest that
0: you've ever done
1: well i've done an Ironman, man and then did uh the recent one has been this leadville 100 mountain bike race so it's high altitude and it's 100 miles and it's it's a long day it's like you know Know, nine hours yeah but there's still like you still touch the thing the original thing that yeah. you remember when you were 22 but then you can't you kind of hit this peak where you're like then you can't go longer well I guess you could but that you finally hit this realization where it's like going longer is just stupid <laughs> 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 and it's kind of a waste of time but you still remember what the feeling was like and you still want to kind of hold that narrative but recontextualizing it is what matters. So I I joke with my friends that they should change the categories. So right now the categories are 20 to 25, 25 to 29. And that's all it is, is age categories. So line them up, age them up and go. I've thought it's like, it should be like, do you have a job or not have a job? Is your job a hard job? That's a different category. Then it's like, do you have a hard job in one kid? Do you have a hard job in two kids and three kids? Because I've got plenty of friends that would crush the hard job and two kids category that feel like they suck because they're competing with somebody that just doesn't have those responsibilities, you know?
0: That's brilliant, actually. <laughs> I mean, I think that's like the essence of kind of what we're talking about. Yeah. It's looking at this mindless division or design of how the races work and right. thinking, what are the actual categories that relate to people's lives? Because yeah. just because I'm 29 or I'm 30, yeah. like what's really the le- there, what's the difference that I'm in one category or the other? Right when you were talking about that, I was just wondering, you said you kind of recontextualized it for yourself to do the longer thing. What was the essence that you were going for?
1: What was the what was like kind of the carrot you were chasing? Yes. The same thing, like um, placing you know, it's still this like drive to do well, but that ends up you, you only go downhill, your stock right. price only fails in that model, <laughs> <laughs> it's like doesn't. It doesn't go up. What is interesting about that is those people, they don't get paid to do that. Like the motivations to do it takes this extraordinary effort. And it might not all, some of it might not be healthy. You know, I remember talking to um, Greg Lamond at at an IDEO project and he's like, you want to know the secret to winning at the highest level? And he's like, have a really shitty dad because he was saying he's like look at any of these top guys like their dads yelled at them beat them disowned them you know like so they were out there with something to prove i'm not looking at those people as like all aspirational because I actually think a lot of it is really unhealthy sure. to be that motivated. Like, what's you're a little too motivated. <laughs> <laughs> Calm down. My favorite was when I was coaching team and training, this woman who had never done anything like that before. She just had the best attitude and we <laughs> we would wait out there forever for her to come in. You know, the training would last three hours longer. And I loved her that would helped, but she'd say to me when she came in, I might be in last place here, but I'm ahead of the millions of people that would never show up. And I was just like, you are gold.
0: Reframing is another great design strategy that relates just as much to life as it does to business. Ask yourself, are you solving for the right question? Is it, how do I get back to running like I used to? Maybe it's more about feeling strong. Or like you've overcome something you never thought you would. What are 10 different questions you could consider? Or 20? Which one seems the most exciting to answer? Or what are new ways you can look at something familiar to find renewed motivation or interest? To Chris and I, these personal experiments really point to ways you can start designing your life. But we wondered if you don't do design for a living, does this even make sense? Out in the world, design means many things. There's graphic design, interior design, product design, intelligent design, and now we're talking about designing your life. We needed a guinea pig to test our concept. So we asked Chris's fiance, Alyssa, how she would describe what we were up to. In your own words, how would you describe what the podcast actually is?
2: Um, I don't know. Navigating how to something about like navigating life or, or if, you know, Life is crazy because there's all these things that we have to manage, and so figuring out ways to, to manage them so that you can enjoy life because we're only here for a certain period of time. It's like Oprah's Live Your Best Life.
1: Totally. <laughs> Trademark. It's <laughs> sliding <Just> <up. laughs> Trademark.
0: What would you expect to be in the
2: podcast? I'd want to hear people's stories of what they're, what triggered something that made them think like, whoa, I got to not let life happen to me, but take control of of my life.
1: Will you tell um, our audience what you think the design process is?
2: I don't know. I guess when I think of design, I think of it as touching every aspect
1: of it. So what what do I do at work?
2: Um... To me, you think about how people, I guess I think about it as behavior, how people behave and how can you create an experience or a service or a product that affects their behavior and and like um, fills a void or creates an experience for them that they either didn't know they wanted or wanted improved.
1: And how do do I do that?
2: Um, You have a team and you say, Go do that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I know. So you go and you talk to people. So you, do you think I people.
1: have a team at work? That's the first thing. Oh,
2: percent I thought you meant I... an idea. Right now?
1: Yeah, we I idea. don't really Either know one. what you do in your current job. <laughs>
2: <laughs> do you even go? <laughs> <are> <laughs> So I know that you so I know a, a piece a part of it is talking to people and underst- and understanding how they what their behaviors are. And then mm-hmm. you take those back and you synthesize them and you try to identify trends like what are what are or themes. It's like a way to take everything and distill it down to the truth. And I would guess, What you're doing now is you're going back to product people and saying either we need this or this thing that we currently have needs to be changed or adapted some way.
1: To me, it's a creative process you know, traditional design done well, looks at the world in a unique way and spits something out that's new and different. And so I think what we're trying to do is take this creative process and apply it to something where that creative process isn't usually applied. And we don't know, it might blow up. We have no idea. It could be
0: shitty. I feel like the word
1: creativity is also Mm. a scary word to most people. That's true. So not only do people not understand design, they won't understand creativity. Or they yeah, understand all, these are all loaded played, words. They
0: understand it as something that creative people who have been anointed yes. as creative somehow, yes. like they were good in art class, or yes. they say the flute or whatever that they do. It's not necessarily <laughs> something <laughs> that they know how to do.
1: So people will ask us, "So, are you teaching people to play the flute?" <laughs> <laughs>
0: It's about solving problems creatively, but it's just like, I'm a problem solver. Mm -hmm. You can be a logically minded person and solve problems and be very analytical. And it's just saying like the creative part is really just coming up with more options Mm -hmm. for how you do that. We're all creative problem solvers. That's how we have evolved to stay alive. And so it's extrapolating that same process from how we've figured out to run away from tigers, but then to put on the lens of, okay, how do I manage my schedule when I have a really busy workload? How do I exercise more? You're trained or you're destined to solve problems creatively. Mm -hmm. This is just a more specific process of how you do that.
1: So if you were to think of like an opportunity seized or something you'd want to throw at this, is there one that that you would throw in the ring? I have
2: always wanted to volunteer for Girls on the Run which is like a a nonprofit that educates girls I think like 8 through 12. They eventually run a 5k but it's nutrition and self-esteem and there's this whole curriculum that they go through and I think they meet maybe once a week it's a huge passion of mine I'm like I am the daughter of a football coach and who was a feminist and I'm very I and I played sports all my growing up and I truly believe that girls who play sports it's great for them for confidence and whatever and every year I'm like I should do I should coach I should coach and I never do my excuse is I don't have time, but I don't think that's a good excuse. Part of it is like stress, like, you know, if practice or they meet once a week at three. So I have to leave work at two and yeah. And then maybe there's like a, and so what does that mean for me in terms of if I was going to run that day?
1: And maybe that is too much of a commitment. So it's something yeah. else. You're going to teach Lucy how to run. Oh, it's just yeah, small. Yeah, like yeah. what's the small thing? Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's where design trying. could be interesting because if design is playing back to you and I think this will be our job is to hold back the like, well, why don't you just go sign up for Girls on the It's like, what's the one tiny thing you could do? Yes. And you might come up with well, one that's you know not what?
2: I'm not good at that at all because I don't do tiny. I'm black or white, right? So I don't do tiny things. I'm either gonna run for two hours, or it's not worth it to me to even like put my shoes on. So to me, I'm going to like do girls on the run.
1: Showing up, yeah.
2: But like, yeah. and I love your idea actually of Lucy. That's really cute.
0: Yeah. And also it's like, it's not about changing you knowing that you're black and white. How can we use those mechanisms and whatever inspires you to get you to do the things that you want to do?
1: I know she really wants to do an event where she guides a blind person through the event. And that's something yes. that you've talked about a lot. It could be more achievable, a little easier perhaps than on the run i don't know how complicated it is yeah
2: i think you meet them before but yeah people leave i mean people do it for iron man but people will do it for marathons you either run next to them or you have like a bungee cord that's and you run together and you
1: guide them hey guys just a side note here we're intentionally designing the first episode to be vague on the design process Mostly because we didn't want to kick things off with this long lecture, but also because we're experimenting with how we should talk about design thinking as it pertains to life. For today, we just want you to take away the idea that you have the ability to design your life in lots of ways, every day, big and small. But why should you believe us? Alyssa wondered the same thing.
2: What gives you the right, is not the right word, but what what makes you too the yeah. people to be having this What's kind of our podcast. unfair advantage?
1: I
0: mean, the thing that we have is having worked at a company that is considered the leader in design thinking and problem solving on great systemic level change. And then because we've had that expertise and experience, we can take that and try and apply it in a whole new way. But I think we don't have the permission or the right to tell people how to live their lives or to tell them they have to change who they are. It's more about knowing who... They are as individuals and allowing them, like you talked about, you're the designer for your own life mm-hmm. and we're merely like presenting. So you're this facili- way you to facilitators? Your yeah. Guides. I don't know how to solve your life's problems, right? Like I'm yes. not an expert in yes. nutrition or right. sleep. I'm an expert in the creative problem solving process and there are things that you can learn from that and apply in your own life but you're going to be the one who's experimenting with this. We're always looking for somebody to instruct us mm. in things that we actually innately know.
1: You just need a little nudge out of the nest. It seems like the process now is look up said problem on internet, think to yourself about what you should do, and then maybe... Tell somebody and try it and fail and then yeah. repeat with new new information. So it does seem like people could really use something new. But like we've said, it's, it's kind of innate. It just needs to be unlocked with some steps.
0: It's interesting that it's the two of us. Yeah. Because I've had some people at work be like... You, Who? You and Chris? <laughs> yeah. you and Chris? No, I didn't even yeah. know you guys were friends. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. yeah. I, it, was a, <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't intentionally designed. Yeah. You know? It, it's just,
1: cool. it's a, it is a pretty cool and likely pairing. Even the relationship itself, it shares, it's rude is like design stuff. Um, but, but then I think there's other values. <laughs> no, I don't think we've ever done any of no. that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs>
0: this is totally <laughs> a fail.
1: Oh, it's funny because I think the stuff we shared in common is what this show is all about. A lot of the stuff we talked about were life changes and just life struggles and just evolutions of ourselves and what we were trying to do. And then just humor and then design was a thread across all that. So, yeah, it makes a ton of sense, actually.
2: How will you know if people are learning or if people are are taking what they're listening to and, and actually applying it to their own lives?
0: Well, one thing, I think we're talking about including people in the show like to, to bring us something that they're interested in pursuing as a possibility. So we'll work with them to come up with experiments that they can try and then kind of come back to them and say what was working, what wasn't, and then figure out what were the aspects of that that did work and is there more of like a universal insight to glean from that. Um, but then also I think we should have some sort of a mechanism where people can be having conversation with us back and forth, like whether it's a website or mm-hmm. a Facebook page or something where they're like, Oh, Hey, you know, I tried that thing that you talked about yeah. and then it made me think of these other six things. And I tried those and here's what worked and what didn't. Mm-hmm. I would love it if people were that interactive. Yeah.
2: To me, um, someone who likes closure, yeah. like I wouldn't want something put out there or I'd want to, I'd want to, Check in yeah. and
1: see. It makes you think of, like, if, when you said that, I was like, oh, yeah, I've been wanting to volunteer as a handyman for old people, you know. So you think of other, it stirs it up. So I wonder if the community starts to, the dangerous thing is to give advice. Yes. But if the community starts fueling, here's what I'm going to try. Maybe it's just a public forum for other experiments that are being triggered by these experiments. Just a hashtag. Yeah, I think I think one thing I'm curious about too is the design process and we should for our audience explain the phases of design process, yeah. you know. We could do that now or another time is is actually surprisingly disciplined and rigid and I think that's great because it it keeps everybody rooted. But on the other hand, I'm excited about this because we're taking the design process into a little bit of unknown territory is mm-hmm. what will change in the design process because of this process. I'm really open to that and excited about it. Is, is it faster? Is there another phase that's built in? What happens? Because I think the design process, like one that comes to mind, for example, is is it kind of ends, you know, is like the products design that launches and that's kind of the end, but that's not the end of somebody's life. So how does it evolve over time and what's that mean? And I I think that's, it'll be really interesting to look at that. So Tracy, we're coming to the end of our show. I think what we should do is uh, close it out. Like, what do you think some of the key takeaways were from our inaugural episode?
0: One of the things that I took away, I thought what was really interesting was the discussion about defining and designing categories and sort of our acceptance of how categories are designed that we just say, oh, okay, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this or do that because it's a default, not ever taking the time to think about it, step back and say, does this make sense? Uh, and I wonder if there are ways that our listeners can think about in their own lives What are some categories that I subscribe to without thinking about them Mm -hmm. and what would be better? Can I change that? Can I make suggestions? Am I in a place where I can completely like in your case with the, with the bike riding? Mm -hmm. Can I say, I'm going to, I'm going to do a bike race, but the categories I'm going to ask everybody to sign up for are all based on their Mm -hmm. situations in real life and not their age.
1: Mine is about um, the fear thing. I think the fear thing is really interesting and Uh, I think, I think we skirt around fear with like lots of talk and lots of chatter. And the real thing is just that everyone's a little freaked out. Mm -hmm. And I heard a couple of examples recently. One was like, um, on another, I think it was Tim Ferriss podcast. He was talking about just going to a coffee shop and lie down on the ground. (laughs) (laughs) And we laugh about, but it's, um, there's no harm, like, nothing's going to happen to you. Like, maybe you're asked to leave or something, but it's like, there is no harm. It's just how awkward how freaked out people would be to do that. And another one was this uh, this thing that's kicking around, about, around the good guy discount or the good girl discount.
0: What is that? Where
1: you go to check out, uh, to purchase anything, and you just, as soon as you're checking out, you're just like, hey, could you give me a good guy discount? And you just ask like if they'll take a little bit off the price.
0: Really, I've never heard of that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and people are people are getting they're pretty successful at it. Like if you do it and uh-huh. you can connect, then there it's shocking how many times people are like, yeah, I can, I can give you ten percent off or something. Oh or my there's something amazing. And so, but I think the interesting part is when it, it brings up this pointed fear moment. Where you're like i'm not gonna ask that like it's just so awkward but there's really nothing to lose no but, and i think all this stuff ultimately is around just breaking down that fear um and fear sounds so significant but it's just like just do it i mean just go talk to a stranger or whatever yeah know? so yeah i thought that was a big theme of today and something that this podcast can really help people with is just like break down the fear and just go right through it just do the stupid thing or whatever and i think you'd be glad you did I think a big theme of our show is breaking it down into micro-experiments, break through the fears, and just try the thing out.
0: Love it. That's awesome. We made it. This is officially the end of our first episode of Results May Vary. We'd love to hear what you liked about it and what can be improved. Let us know on Facebook or visit resultsmayvarypodcast.com. That's where you'll find show notes and where you can reach out if you want to share your own life design experiments or if you've already got a great story of how you've designed your life. And if you would be so kind, subscribe to the show and rate us and write a review on iTunes or Stitcher. That'll let even more people start designing their lives. Special thanks to composer and filmmaker H.P. Mendoza for the Results May Vary theme music and graphic designer Anasa Bramer for our logo. And of course, thank you so much for listening to Results May Very! This is good okay yeah um let's make sure that this recorded <laughs>